Right. Greetings to you all, and thank you for tuning in. I'm John Sellers. I'm here with Pastor Kavakis, one of the pastors at Morton Bible Fellowship. And today we're going to talk about the Mark of the Beast. Ah, so, a popular subject, isn't it? Yes, it is, Pastor. And, you know, I've got a couple of questions for you mm-hmm. to get this started. Well, first of all, what is the Mark of the Beast? Well, the Mark of the Beast, I, I, there's a lot of confusion over it, uh, but it, it's a mark that... Um, people who follow Satan will bear. And there's a lot of concern over what it is and what it looks like and how we get it and that sort of thing. But it's an identifier for people who have rejected Christ and have embraced Satan. So I've heard over the years, I think even the late 70s, Mm -hmm. uh, when credit cards were first coming out, my grandfather called his his credit card, his 666 card, (laughs) Uh, because of the notion of not being able to buy or sell with them. Yeah. having the same and then, of course that was all in jest but just over the decades we've heard you know could this be the mark and could that yeah. be the mark are we going to be duped in any way well, you know you mentioned the history of the mark and, and that's curious because there were people at the end of the first century uh, when revelation began circulating amongst the churches you know John wrote this incredible uh, summary, the ending chapter of the Bible, and and uh, there are the mentions of the mark of the beast. Uh, so everybody back then was trying to figure out what it was, and a lot of them thought that the mark of the beast was a Roman coin with the emperor's visit, image on it. And and so there's been conjecture, not just for decades, for centuries, eons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, the every generation has kind of figured that they've got a handle on what the mark of the beast is. And, mm-hmm. and it's usually involved with some new technology. Now, when we think about technology, we don't think about Roman coins, but that was a technology of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, it, the Roman coins fit the descriptions we see, and we'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. little bit, but uh, buying and selling and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I mean, through the ages, it, bank accounts were the mark because you had to have an identifier on the bank account and, and you know this was a place to put your money and this is a place where commerce took place and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so the bank accounts and then then they came up with checking accounts mm-hmm. oh and oh, you know this is again this is they've got numbers all over and so on and so forth you mentioned credit cards mm-hmm. uh, so it's credit cards and microchips uh, and you know with, with as fast as technology is developing um, it's easy for us to read the scriptures, look at what's going on around us, go, oh, that's the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, recently there's been a lot of concern over microchips. Everybody wants to embed a microchip somewhere on us, health identifiers, mm-hmm. uh, PayPal, uh, commerce type things, you know, and uh, those folks that are working on technology see these as a convenience, just like they did Roman coins and Mm-hmm. bank accounts and checking accounts and credit cards and all those things. Uh, you know, back in the 70s, it was barcodes. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading all these articles about, did you see this barcode has a 666 in it? Don't buy Wonder Bread. <laughs> you know, right. uh, so, you know, we, we, we kind of go to extremes trying to identify what this is. But I think the real question is what you brought up, is, it, is it possible for you and me and believers out here to inadvertently take the mark right. 
And, and so we have this fear that something's going to happen, they're going to try and put a chip underneath us, and all of a sudden we're going to get to heaven. And, you know, St. Peter's standing there, and he's got a tablet with probably an iPad with all of the right names on it. Right. And he's going to look at it and go, I know, you took the mark of the beast, you can't come in. And we're going to be surprised and mm -hmm. amazed. And, and, uh, and then, you know, I've had people come and talk to me, and they're concerned. Well, if this happens, how will I buy groceries? Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, there, there's, you know, it, it comes from uh, an incomplete reading of the text, mm -hmm. an incomplete understanding of the book of Revelation, how it fits into the biblical narrative, mm -hmm. um, and what it says about those last days, those, those final days as Christ returns. Mm -hmm. Now, we've been in the... We've been in the last days ever since Christ ascended. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're in the, some people call it the church age, but this is the final age. And it's gone on a long time, and, you know, skeptics will begin to talk about, well, you know, when's he coming back? It's been over 2,000 years. And, and, you know, agnostics and atheists kind of use that as a, he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, by now he would have been here. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, we've seen in scriptures that the disciples, thought he'd come back right away, you know, mm -hmm. Paul thought he'd come back right away, everybody was just waiting in anticipation, and uh, so we have that idea of the imminent return of him, which means he could return in any minute, but Revelation tells us what that minute's going to look like. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, there's there are guidelines in there that if we read the entire book of Re Revelation, if, we, if we're familiar with the rest of Scripture, um, we find out that Revelation is the, the end cap of Genesis. Mm -hmm. You know, we start out in the garden, there's right. some people there, um, God has parameters, um, they violate them, uh, mm -hmm. and so there are consequences for their violation, uh, they're put out of the garden. The rest of the Bible is a return to the more perfect garden. Mm -hmm. and, and so this is God's plan, to reveal his glory in the redemption of his people um, through the sacrifice of his only son. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and Revelation gives us a picture as well as John can describe his peak into heaven. Uh, now, now, I love that because the imagery in Revelation is, uh, I think it's John just sitting in Patmos. But I don't know, you know, I saw in the heaven there was some kind of shimmering lake and a figure and there's bowls and candles and horns and all sorts of things going on and animals that are scary and all kinds of things happening. But, but in the end, Christ is victorious. And all of his promises are fulfilled, and and God brings his children into his presence, and they spend eternity there. Now, mm -hmm. that's the point of Revelation, and right. we can spend an incredible amount of time trying to figure out what all the images mean. And the fact of the matter is that we don't know, mm -hmm. so we interpret them uh, in ways that we can understand them here in the twenty first century. Right. You know, there's dragons flying around. Those must be helicopters. You know, there, there's heat, and all oh, those must be atomic bombs. You know, and, and that sort of thing. But every generation has had their interpretation of what they are, and 
And they've all been wrong, and we are too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in the middle of all this comes this mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. And so we find out that the people that are going to follow Satan are going to bear some physical sign. And, and it comes out of, of Revelation 13, if I can share some of that with you. Sure. Um, it, it, it's a long passage, but here, this is the beginning of the final battle, okay? And, and John says, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. Now, a lot of people thought this was the European Union, okay? Uh, they're probably struggling a little bit now with the ins and outs of the European Union, but they thought that was the mark of the beast coming out of the ocean. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And uh, to it, the dragon gave his power. The dragon is this awful beast that's trying to decimate the world. Uh, gave him his, his power, his throne, and a great authority. Uh, one of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. A lot of people thought that was Gorbachev. Mm. He had a mark on his head, you know, then he must be that. And they worshipped the dragon, and he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. And, you know, we try to figure out what those names are and everything. Uh, and, and then there's a second beast. And then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It's a pretty ugly thing. Mm -hmm. it's exercise, it, it exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. Now, this is a significant word here. Mm -hmm. It makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives all those who dwell on earth. Now people go, oh, that's all of us. Mm -hmm. But we need to understand the context. We need to keep reading. Telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. Now, we know the images in the Bible are either idols or false idols. And so here's what's happening. The second beast is making an image for people to worship of the first beast. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast. This is a perversion of God creating Adam. You know, Satan is always counterfeiting what God is doing. Uh, so we got breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who will not worship the image of the beast to be slain. So those who don't worship the idol, the, the, mm -hmm. the false god, are going to be killed. Also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... So that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. 
This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is what? Six, six, six. Six, six, six. Now, you know, it's, it's I've got a house on uh, in our subdivision whose address is 666. Mm -hmm. And every time I go by that, I, 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 how did that guy feel? <laughs> you know, I live in the belly of the beast. <laughs> uh, but th there are some translational difficulties here. Uh, there are uh, some translators in the very early second century that thought this was 612. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so uh, there, we, we've got to be careful not to demonize numbers. Mm -hmm. But we do have this indication that there is a mark. It'll be on the forehead or the wrist uh, and it will identify those who worship the beast. Mm -hmm. Now this is really important and uh, so it tells us to watch out for these things so that we should understand them. Mm -hmm. uh, but if we go back to chapter 6 of Revelation. We, we see some unusual things. So that we can understand the mark of the beast in context. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, what we learn in chapter 13 is that uh, the beast has sealed his people. Mm -hmm. They have an identifier that identifies them as people who worship the beast. Mm -hmm. uh, now we know that Satan can't do anything on his own. It, every, anything he does that seems to be creative is a counterfeit of what God does. So we see this in chapter 6. Um, the seals of judgment are released upon the world. There are seven seals. And uh, it describes them in the first part of chapter 6. Um, and th this judgment is falling upon those who have rejected God, those who have rejected Christ. And um, it, it, it describes this incredible series of uh, cataclysmic events. And chapter 6 ends with this, verse 17, For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Okay, well, chapter 7 starts with this. After this, I saw four angels standing in the four corners. Well, the first thing we find out is the angels can stand. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel descending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, you and I, if, if we're there, right. at the, the point that Jesus returns, we'll have a physical identifier that we belong to the Lord in heaven. Mm -hmm. On our foreheads. Right. Okay? Uh, so, w w we see this, and, and I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000. There's a whole religion based on that. They've had to adjust their numbers recently. Uh, from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And then we go over 12,000 from each of the tribes, for the 12 tribes. And, and the only thing we should see in all those numbers is that there's 
perfection upon perfection. Mm -hmm. Twelve times twelve times a thousand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the uh, Jews that would read this would read, oh, this is absolutely perfect. They're not thinking limiting numbers. And, and so, so we have God's people sealed at the beginning of all this turmoil. And then we have in, in chapter 13, we have all this, this idea of, well, Satan's going to seal his too, okay? Uh, and so in verse, verse 14, in chapter 14 of Revelation, let me see what my reference is here. It, yeah, it's one. Then I looked, and behold, uh, now, now this is after the enemy seals his. Behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him, 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Mm -hmm. The perfect number of followers for right. Jesus Christ has, has his name mm -hmm. written on their foreheads. And I think what people miss is that in order to be condemned by the mark of the beast, we have to receive it as we worship the beast, mm -hmm. as we worship Satan. We don't receive it so we can buy groceries. Right. We, we receive it because we declare our allegiance to Satan. Mm -hmm. And by that time, those who call upon Jesus Christ as Lord have already been sealed by their Father mm -hmm. and, and preserved. Uh, so we don't have to worry about inadvertently taking the seal mm -hmm. and getting fooled into getting kicked out of heaven uh, I think, you know, we go back to the assurance of our salvation, that mm -hmm. if our salvation is based on the work of Christ on the cross and can't be undone, then nobody with a microchip is going to take it away from us. Right, and what I hear you saying is there's very specific things that are happening even before this time, so it's not just going to be next Thursday that all of a sudden there's this opportunity to take a mark like we won't be duped into something. There's very specific timelines and time frames yeah. for this to occur. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, as a matter of fact, um, we spoke in the sermon last week that when Jesus comes, it will be abundantly clear to everybody that he has arrived. Right. And, and, and what we see in Revelation is if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, by that moment, it's too late. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, here he comes. I better pray for salvation. You know, so the, the idea that, that he comes suddenly, he comes quickly, it's like a thief in the night. Uh, you know, there's some interesting things in Scripture. Um, it says when people cry peace and safety. Mm -hmm. There'll be wars and rumors of wars, which we've had mm -hmm. throughout the entire history of mankind. Right. You know, I, I think... Things seem amplified a little bit right now because news travels so fast. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, there, there's wars, rumors of wars. There's you know there, there's signs in the heavens. Uh, there's earthquakes. There, uh, I mean, we're seeing record heat mm -hmm. uh, over in the West, and and everybody's going last times, last times, last days. Well, yeah, it is the last days. Uh, but Jesus is going to come when we don't expect it, mm -hmm. uh, and and it's why. It's important for us to maintain our witness, for us to maintain our spiritual disciplines, uh, for us to uh, live in constant expectation of his return and the assurance that once we surrender our lives to Christ, we are marked uh, for heaven and, and that that can't be taken away from us. 
Well, thank you, Pastor. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the insight that you've given. And if you have any questions still about this, make sure you write in. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thank you.